You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome to another edition, a victory edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and happy to be joined on this victory edition by D Magazine's David Castillo. David, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm I'm warm right now, at least. And uh, thankfully, I don't follow football, so I have no idea what this discussion about the Cowboys is. And uh, and the Stars won, so it, it's surprisingly great. Yeah, no doubt, no, no doubt, a- absolutely. And uh, let's plug how people can reach you. Let's start with that at David Castillo AC. And you also have a sub stack as well. What's that? Uh, the star stack. Star and, stack. Um, yeah, quite a, quite a few pieces today. I had a, like a post game piece go up today and then uh, a, like a sort of uh, now and later preview for the LA Kings versus the stars because at least before this game, you know, I felt like, well, I should say before LA's eight game winless streak, I felt like, you know what, this is the Kings are, I think the class of the of the Pacific. I think they could even potentially play in the playoffs mm-hmm. if Dallas plays to their potential. So uh, yeah, I love this matchup. A lot of con. I don't want to use the word content. Why do I keep doing that? Writing, writing is what I do. Content creation is not what I do. So. Well, <laughs> I will tell you, you know, follow at, David Castillo AC is the Twitter. Um, he's a great follow and does a lot of great uh, content on his Substack. Uh, a lot of great information uh, being released by David. So let's get into the game. And I was telling David, I was like, hey, listen, I'm going to start with random. And one thing before I forget, and we're going to get into the game in a second. I'm going to big stick tap to ESPN tonight. I loved I loved their coverage. We've been critical about him, but at the same time, Mike Monaco, David, he's 30 years old. And I'm going to call him a kid because, you know, he's a young guy. Kid can call a hockey game. And I thought he really did a nice job. And then having Cassie Campbell Pascal, who's like a Canadian treasure, uh, as the uh, analyst, by the way, two Olympic gold medals, one silver medal and six world championships and a silver in that world championship, 10 medals total. She has a rink in Canada named after her. I mean, she's hockey night in Canada royalty. I personally think she's great on the coverage and then go to the studio and have Steve Levy and Kevin Weeks, Uh, you know, stick tap to ESPN. I think TNT has the better coverage, but I thought for stars Kings tonight, that was really nice. You could disagree with me if you want. <laughs> well, hold on. Like you set this up as a potential rant, and uh, I was expecting a rant. I wasn't expecting something positive and <laughs> feel good, <laughs> heartfelt. I'm sorry. I really like. I listen. I I'm in the, in the broadcast business, so sometimes we critique things, 
And, you know, ESPN has been criticized, but tonight I actually thought like, hey, there's a lot of credibility on this broadcast. And for those wondering, the correct pronunciation is Sagan in Canadian. So Cassie was saying it correct. Um, I, I just, I, I liked it personally, but if you didn't like it, David, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I think part of the issue, and and I, like, by the way, uh, I didn't listen to all of it because um, a lot of times what I'll do is when I'm watching, I'll mute it, uh, especially Smart. like take notes, tracking, yeah. whatever. And um, so, so I don't always, I think also too, I'm just conditioned not to pay attention because most of it sucks. It's usually pretty bad. I come from the era of Don Cherry, which I know people love, and and I used to love him too. Um, and uh, and also, I grew up on like Larry Merchant, Jim Lampley. That though, like they were great. Yeah, uh, which is funny because boxing is not necessarily a great sport, <laughs> and uh, you know the brutality leaves me questioning my ethics. But they were fantastic, and so oh, I yeah. Just, yeah, I just I'm so used to what I think is the pinnacle of like sports broadcasting. Well, at least during my time, um, and and then hockey, which I think is getting a lot better, um, but still has a long way to go. So I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm just saying, like, man, I I don't pay attention to this kind of stuff. Like, I don't. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just not. I'm a tough sell when it comes to quality analysis on a you know just like a quick take broadcast. Yeah, yeah, it's the nerd in me being the brand manager of 105.3 The Fan, you know, so I listen to the broadcast. <laughs> I, I hope I didn't dispirit you there. No, I, not at all. Excited. No, no, listen, <laughs> the, the great thing about Spits and Suds is we have people on like you that, you know, this is a truth-telling podcast. This is not, this is not the flag bearer and, hey, let's all, you know, I mean, we criticize when criticism is necessary. And tonight, to me, is one of those nights of positivity I mean, let me make the disclaimer. The Kings are finishing a six-game road trip. Um, pretty brutal coming off a, 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 win, a quality win, but a win in Carolina uh, last night. So a back-to-back, not the easiest trip, Carolina to Dallas. But at the same time, David, I think this was one of their best wins of the season. Easily. I mean, what would you put – up there with it and yes i know like kings off off a back-to-back tough road trip like for sure um but what would you i mean yeah great question i would put the saturday afternoon scott wedgwood in net tilt in winnipeg with winnipeg having a chance to jump into first in the central at the time and the stars shut them out so i mean that, that was to me like i i think this is more impressive I think in part because, well, one, they're, they were doing it without Miro Heiskanen. Yeah. Um, and, and, sort of, and, and so I think for me, this game is easily their best win of the season because, yes, there was a, <laughs> the second period was a little rough. Yep. But you're never going to, like, there's this myth that, like, the 60-minute effort. You know, when good teams play each other, there are natural ebbs and flows. And to me, Dallas jiu that second period the way they needed to. Uh, came out strong in the third, and uh, it, for for me, the Kings, I think, regardless of the eight-game winless streak, which was really just uh, generated by a 4% shooting percentage through those eight games, which is just nonsense. I think it was like second to last or last in the league, uh, which is the only reason why they were losing games. Um, to me, they're still like the class of that. Like I would 
I would argue that the Kings are way better than the Canucks, for example. Um, probably even better than Vegas. Um, and so, uh, yeah, no, this is a quality team. Um, it was a complete win, which is, mm-hmm. I, I think, the difference. And it was a complete win without Heiskanen. Um, yeah. That involved good defense, good offense, great goaltending. Um, so, yeah, no, I, to me, this is this is it. Well, the the players were certainly vocal about it, that it kind of jump-started them tonight. Uh, they mentioned it after the game. And the what I'm talking about is the shuffling of some line mates. And Wyatt Johnston moves up to the first line to get him going, moves over to wing. And so you had Hintz, Dickinson, and Hintz in the middle, Dickinson and Wyatt Johnston. Dodonoff moves on to the fourth line. Um, with Foxa and uh, and Sue Smith. And uh, then, uh, let's see, what else did we have tonight? We had Joe Pavelski moving on the line with uh, Jamie Benn. So kind of interesting, uh, interesting moves. And, uh, you know, wanted to get your thoughts. Sam Steele gets promoted up to that line with Pavelski and Ben. I'm going to be obnoxious about this because this is the kind of stuff that I, so, okay. So real quick, let me just say that I wish teams would take a more proactive approach when it comes to the line blender. Usually what happens is stuff like this, right? Your, your team starts to struggle and you feel like the only recourse is, Oh, well, let's change the lines. Um, So that's my one, like just nitpick when it comes to uh, when it comes to the line shuffling. Um, But uh, of course, you stumble on something like Wyatt Johnson. I think my biggest thing is I never felt like Wyatt Johnston was underperforming. He was just underproducing. And of course, part of that brought on by Dodonoff and Ben, who, you know, they've been like varying degrees of okay mixed in with like some <laughs> mediocrity. But I think the biggest thing is they just they weren't tapping into anything uh, that Johnson does well, like a sense of spacing. You saw like a huge difference yeah. in how Johnson looked and made the most of his ability to, you know, find the quiet ice with two players that are, that excel at that in Robertson and Hintz. And um, so that was my biggest thing. Like just get Johnston away from Dodonoff and Ben first. Of course, you know, you put him next to Hintz and Robertson uh, magic hat, you know, magic hour happens. And, and this is what we get. I, I don't think <laughs> as, as much as I hate to overreact, I don't think this was just a case of, Oh man, they just they they shot hot, you know, for for one night. No, there there were a lot of shifts, um, some of which I even clipped in my uh, post game recap cap at the Star Stack, that were just them threatening consistently uh, with sustainable attacks off the cycle, on the rush, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah, that was that was fantastic, and maybe the key to them finding that next level. Yeah, yeah, and and you talked about the multifaceted game that the Stars had tonight. Wyatt Johnson was the second star of the game. Rope Hintz was the third star. Number one star, Jake Ottinger, only allowing uh, one goal. I thought he looked really smooth, and this is the Jake Ottinger I love, just calm and in control, making some real big saves, using his size. Um, I I thought his angles were terrific. You know, I mean, it just looked like the Ottinger of old tonight. Yeah, and really quite unflappable. I think yep. that was the other thing. Like there were quite a few moments, not a f- quite a few, but especially in the second period where, um, you know, 
a lot of goaltenders would have scrambled with as many people that were around the net and he was confident and patient and and just uh, really great however one game does not make a season and i will say like you know ottinger's season has been bad <laughs> like i think we can call it what it is at this point um but history is on his side and so you know it shouldn't necessarily be like a sort of cause for concern i am going to write about uh, odinger and the goaltending for d magazine on thursday um but um it, despite his struggles i think the main thing is well whatever you get from odinger dallas has capable backups and i think the real test is going to be the playoffs yeah yeah, a a absolutely. You know, the other thing I noticed was the minutes for the defensemen. You know, usually we see a little bit of a disparity, and it was pretty even tonight with Thomas Harley leading the charge with uh, 22 minutes, 20 seconds. And then we had Hockenpah at 20 minutes. That's because of the penalty kill, I think, mostly. Uh, but Lundquist checking in with 19 minutes. You know, uh, as he continues to play, David, I'm seeing more confidence. I'm not seeing those... You know, every once in a while I'm seeing mistakes, but I think since he's come on in a regular basis, he's played better. Yeah, I, you know, listen, like I'm, I'm not going to have the development rant that I always do whenever I'm forced <laughs> to talk about Lundqvist, uh, because that just just absolutely kills my brain. But um, I think the biggest thing, you know, this is kind of you know what's so valuable about you know letting players kind of play through their mistakes. Granted, you know, Heisman's injuries kind of forced them, but. Um, I, I think he's had his most confident stretch uh, really since his time here um, on the whole. And, you know, part of it still comes from what I think is like an oddly textured game in the offensive zone. Like Lundqvist is really unique in the way he's able to threaten with his shot. And of course, uh, the vision that just seems to come alive that's not otherwise present in, say, the other two zones. But I don't think I've never. And one of the reasons why I've always been critical of the scratches, because I feel like I've never seen any foundational issues defensively with Lundqvist. Yeah, he may like not necessarily grade out as fantastic or even good uh, defensively in terms of underlying analytics, but I don't see anything like foundationally that gives me pause for concern. And <laughs> I'll ask you this question. Did Lundqvist play the two-on-one better than Drew Doughty? I think he may have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I think, you know, that's a, that, that's a great point. That is a, that is a great point. Yeah, I think he did. I, you could see the frustration in Dowdy tonight. Um, but at the same time, I will say, you know, I always say on this podcast, not to kind of go away from the game, but you know, everyone wants to see the original six and I get it. And if a big team's come in town or if a Connor McDavid or a Sidney Crosby comes in town, but every team has these gems. And to me, the LA Kings are an excellent value as far as buying tickets, because to me, I don't want to say the word. I see. I called Nathan McKinnon underrated and I got killed for it. Um, but <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on yeah. a second. Why would you get killed for that? I do because I everyone's like, is underrated. I just basically said he's not talked about enough. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, maybe in hockey circles, like like diehard hockey people. I said, but the casual hockey fan knows Connor McDavid, knows Sidney Crosby, knows Ovechkin. But like McKinnon is so special. Like, you know, M McKinnon is a psychopath. Yeah, like you absolutely like to me, he is 
Um, yeah, I would absolutely say he's underrated um, because this is a guy that's won a Stanley Cup, unlike Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. Yeah. And again, he's just a psychopath. This this dude is genetically engineered to play hockey. Um, and and for my money, uh, you know, maybe the best forward in the game, especially like from shift to shift. Like I've always felt like, just as an example, and I know like anecdotes do not constitute evidence or a thesis, whatever, but I, to me, the player that has always given Heiskanen, one of the best defenders in the game, the most trouble, more than Conor McDavid, is McKinnon because he's just impossible to predict. Um, he's a prize fighter on the ice, and I, I think he's, I, I'm I'm always just jealous watching him to see Colorado kind of leverage that with Kale McCarr and some of the other guys. But anyways, that's that. We'll get back to what you were saying. <laughs> right. So what I was saying is Drew Doughty. It's amazing how much ice time he just eats up, and he's amazing because of that. He's a fun player to watch. But I think a guy that's never talked about. I mean, we talk about Joe Pavelski and his age, and it seems like he's just not losing a step like it's like some players as they get older it's like yeah it's still a good player but i mean joe pavelski is like no still a really really good player and i would say the same thing about anse kopitar it's funny because you know before this earlier in the day when we were chatting i'm like all right la kings kopitar and and dowdy and you were like yeah you know i mean like those are two of your favorite players as well you know it's i think the thing too about them is that I would I would say that they were really kind of ahead of their time as well in terms of, um, you know, we, we had this kind of period where sort of players were, you know, either elite offensively or elite defensively and never the twain did meet. Uh, but Kopitar and Dowdy for over a decade have been this exception um, where um, I've always loved Dowdy's game just because, yeah, he plays a sort of, um, you know, he can play a finesse game. But he can also throw, you know, just some absolutely nasty, um, you know, hip checks, uh, open ice. What it was, Razor called turbul open ice turbulence, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and um, you know, it's it, it's also like these are players that you want to watch. I think if you're looking to understand like the nuance of skill, and then particularly like the soft skills of hockey, um, seeing players that know where to be in terms of routes. Um, and, and so, yeah, they're, they're a ton of fun to watch. I realize, you know, we're kind of talking more about the Kings and some stars fans may be like, Hey, you know, why aren't we talking about, it? we'll get to them, but you know, <laughs> listen, we're hockey oh, fans man. too. <laughs> and, hey, I'm sorry. Am I throwing daggers? No, I think you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, obviously this is a mostly stars, but one of the things I'm just trying to explain is, is that so many of these teams bring in players that are just like, you know, there's a lot of Stanley Cups with Dowdy and Kopitar. And, yeah, timeless. Yeah, yeah. And timeless. They, they were in the building, both Hall of Famers. So to me, it's like, you know, that that's great. It's cool seeing them, you know, on the ice and still playing at a high level. It's just, it's it's cool. And I'm glad, obviously, the Stars won. And, and hopefully instructive, too. You know, hopefully, you know, sort of Dallas, especially the young players like Harley and Johnston, um, you know, and sort of playing yeah. opposite them, uh, sort of, you know, kind of, I, I don't know, what's what's the cheesy, like, hallmark thing to say here about passing of the torch? And, Absolutely. And, Similar to what Patrice Bergeron was like. You know, just a, just a guy that people admired as a, you know, two-way player. 
and you know a guy that's going to give his all every night um ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It wanted to ask you about Jason Robertson. It's so funny because it's like last year we talked about, you know, how great of a year. And then this year, um, maybe it's because, you know, Sean and I talked about this, maybe because the goals aren't, you know, coming like they did last year. But I mean, 43 games, 45 points. He's having a good year again. He is. You know, it's 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 one of those. Uh, it's just a classic case of uh, somebody sort of overperforming um shooting hot and and then they don't quite reach that level and we take for granted just how high that level was um you know when, when it was kind of firing on all cylinders and and so yeah Robertson I think you know I, I, like he's not having the year that he maybe already peaked at um but it still says a lot about his game and his ability that this quote unquote down year is going to be a year in which he's basically a point per game winger. And, um, and I do think there, there's some stuff going on. I do think there is, um, you know, like he has, he has taken less shots per game. Um, I think some of it has also kind of come from, uh, come from sort of what the shift in higher quality competition they're also facing this year compared to last year. Um, The, the sort of the the way the blue line minutes have kind of configured into that. So I think there are like small things that are kind of maybe suppressing a little bit of Robertson's game, but for the most part, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of Robertson is an elite player. And um, when elite players have down years, this is what it looks like point per game <laughs> quality. Yeah. Um, but, um, but overall I, I haven't been, he's had some rough shifts, but I haven't looked at his, body of work thus far this season and felt like, Oh man, this guy is like in serious trouble. No. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I did want to ask you about this because 
as we talked about, a lot of shuffling of the lines. And one guy that can't get in the lineup is Ty Delandria. I thought it was fascinating what you talked about the other day. Um, you threw some great analytics out that Ty Delandria would potentially look good in a trade. And that, you know, I just, I understand that you have to fight your way into the lineup. I think Raddick Fox is really good on the kill. Um, but I'm just surprised that we're not seeing Delandria more. And I wanted to catch your thoughts. It, it's unfortunate. You know, I think, you know, one of the reasons why I, I like to kind of um, bring up quote unquote fancy stats analytics is that, um, you know, I, I think a lot of what they capture, you know, people can confuse, I think, uh, simplicity with a lack of complexity. And, you know, what some of these models do is really kind of capture a player's value from shift to shift not just goal to goal. And so I, I think what that illustrates is that, you know, we've, I, I think Delandria is just woefully underappreciated. Um, and that, yes, he absolutely has some flaws like the taking of penalties, but I have a hard time believing that, <laughs> that Delandria would somehow be um, a downgrade over FAXA, for example. Yeah just in terms of cap, but, you know, Delanger is also a player that can PK as well and contribute offensively um, given his minutes. And I mean, (laughs) I'm like, would LA be in any worse shape if they had Delandria on their third line where Pierre-Luc Dubois is, who's making what, like 8 million? Yeah. And it's on pace for like 30 plus points. I mean, like that is, I mean, I don't think Dubois is going to end up being a 30 point player and I think he'll bounce back next season, but that is not a trade that is well. Yeah. Not good for stars fans, that trade, because that's ignited Winnipeg, you know, uh, and you mean to, sorry, and you mean to tell me that Delandria could not give you that production in Dubois minutes in LA? Yeah. Well, I love his energy too. I, I love his grit and I love his energy. You know, I do think Sam Steele brings some of that to the table, but you know, I, I really, I really like that in, you know, and I see that in Radic Foxa in the playoffs. Um, but you know, I like that in Delon Delandria. I mean, listen, I don't think Fox's um <laughs> was it? No, I mean, because listen, everyone thinks I hate Foxa and I don't, I just hate the contract and I can't blame the player on accepting the contract. It's a wonderful contract for the player. And I don't think he's a liability out there. I just think that you have a first round draft pick that is going to continue to be a restricted free agent. And I think you have a decision to make either trade him or don't re-sign him. And, you know, because I mean, that's a million dollars sitting on your bench. And as we see, every dollar counts. I think the other thing too is that if is that I mean, let's say like Dallas can't really, uh, you know, they sort of they try to improve the blue line. Let's say they bring someone in at the trade deadline and they, mm-hmm. they want to keep that person. Um, in that scenario, you get squeezed with the Fords that you're trying to, you know, retain. In this case, for example, like Duchesne, Pavelski, Smith. Like in that scenario, Delandria is going to be the perfect player to just slide right into the right side, which is their which is the area that's going to be hurt the worst, right? I mean, three right wingers, or are, are, let's just assume that they're gone and that they walk because Dallas can't afford it or whatever. Um, those are three positions, all of which Delandria plays. And it just seems like, hey, you know, if you want to find out what that player's value is, um, 
which is similar logic to why, you know, we feel like Lundquist should be playing because, well, if nothing else, you learn more about him. Um, I feel like Delandria is same exact principle where, hey, if Smith isn't here next year, why not play a player? Not that I think Delandria should replace Craig Smith because Craig Smith, I think, has been fine. He's been good. But, I mean, if Smith is not here and Delandria is, wouldn't you want to have Delandria here next year having learned more by playing him more? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They have decisions to make because obviously Bork and Stankoven can't stay down again. So you have those two players, you have Delandria. So, you know, Jim Nill's got some young players and that's a good thing. He's got some uh, decisions to make. Uh, the one thing I did want to talk about and uh, our spits and says listener, uh, fuzzy, fuzzy was boom, boom on Twitter um, says Gavin been listening to recent episodes and you brought up a few times penalties, costly penalties in this Kings game. I will say that that is just an ongoing issue and it's, People can say the penalty kill, and yes, the penalty kill is among the tops in the NHL. Completely agree. What I'm saying is it changes the momentum of the game. It prevents, you know, obviously you're taking certain players off of lines, changing defensive pairings, so it's changing things. And I just think it's a momentum killer. And I I think, you know, tonight we saw that, albeit brief. Ottinger made some terrific saves, but you could certainly tell when they took those two straight penalties, you know, the Kings got a little bit of uh, legs underneath them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the other thing too is something worth pointing out. And again, we'll, we'll sort of dig into some quote unquote analytics and just kind of mention that, um, listen, Dallas has been a, right. So in terms of just purely goals against, Dallas is a really good penalty killing team. Um, in terms of generating offense off the penalty kill, Dallas is a really dangerous team. One of the most dangerous, I, th- I think, uh, in the analytics. What? 10 goals shorthanded? 10 goals shorthanded. In the analytics era, they're like top five in terms of um, uh, shot attempts generated on the PK. Right. So uh, you're, re- you're talking about a really dangerous shorthanded unit. Uh, however, um, they allow. Um, a lot more, they allow a lot of shot quality, a, a higher than average shot quality. So yes, they are, yes, the goaltenders are doing their job. The penalty kill unit, very dangerous, but broadly speaking, they're allowing a lot more than you would think, given the goals that they've actually allowed, which is not a lot. The point being that, well, you know, if you're still allowing a lot of chances and suddenly the goaltender is just kind of not there and this is a play a seven game playoff series is that really the uh is that really the chance you want to take yeah yeah i you're you're absolutely right and you know i thought they did a good job in front of cam talbot tonight creating some opportunities you know looking for the rebound um you know it's it's interesting um when a lot of people look at shots on goal and you know it's one of those stats that probably to me, I know you're going to say plus minus is the other David, but <laughs> I know you're going to say it. But to me, it's one of those like more deceiving stats. For instance, the LA Kings outshot the Dallas Stars 32 to 28. But clearly, if you watch the game tonight, you saw the chances and the high quality chances and the numerous chances that the Stars had. So when people see like 45 shots on net, 
it's not necessarily means, you know, I mean, we're talking about high quality chances, chances in tight. Um, wanted to throw this out at you. Cam Talbot's going to the all-star game for the Kings. The all-star game is a, a whole podcast in itself. How okay. weird it is. But 05 and three with 20 goals surrendered in his last five games. Yeah, I mean, you know, this listen, like uh, the the NHL is not a meritocracy, right? So, I mean, <laughs> is there for as much as I want to use that to smuggle in my development rants, the All Star Game just there's a good example. Yeah, um, yeah, no, you're 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 absolutely right, and Jake Ottinger showed why he should be in the all-star game even though when you look at his stats this year you're like <laughs> i don't understand should have been in last year but oh yeah there's that guy named hellebuck it's just a weird situation they you know what they need to do it's just expand the nhl roster in the all-star game just that to me is what they should do uh all right at cuz rudy emphatic win tonight awesome to see the line changes work really refreshing to see lines mixed around and of course hindsight is 2020 awesome to see how it works so appreciate you uh chiming in uh rudy you know it'll be interesting david as now they embark on a mighty road trip um if wedgwood will be back in time deboer said miro's going on the trip and so that means if he's going on the trip, we could see Miro on this trip, but we could see if Wedgwood's not ready, possibly a Matt Murray start again. Yeah. And, and listen, just play Matt Murray. Like you're, I realize that coaches have to coach game to game, but again, it's kind of like we talked about with the Ty Delandria situation. Um, Think about like, and I hate using this example because it's really like an example that's meant to be sort of exotic and and sort of like something that you would you know hear from Skip Bayless. But um, Vegas did not intend for Aiden Hill to be their starting goaltender in the playoffs. Great example, David. However, great example. However, they learned a few things along the way. Injuries forced their hand, sure, but the point is. it's not like Matt Murray, you know, for one, Matt Murray is an older prospect, right? He's 25. So you're not talking about like a sort of young, green, uh, fresh faced goaltender uh, who has just, you know, minimal experience professionally. Um, his, even though Matt Murray's save percentage has not been like lights out, it's been very good in the AHL. And, um, and he's a goaltender that just, I think they, if they want to learn anything about him, if they want to find out, for example, say Andrew gets injured again, um, and here we are again with Wedgwood and Murray. Um, if you want to find yourself in a situation where your first choice for backup is Murray, then play him some games. I mean, you're not Dallas is going to be in this like uh, sort of life or death struggle, uh, top three in the central the entire season, right? So, um, I, I don't think it matters if you drop a game because like Murray just you know isn't what we thought he was, right? Um, because honestly, that stuff is, you know, it's either that or like you overwork somebody, in which case you end up right back where you started. Yeah. And I'll also say this, David, just like you talked about Ty Delandria next year, and I know they're worrying about now, but Scott Wedgwood is up after this year. He makes a million dollars. If he wanted to leave this organization after this year, I'm thinking that in the free agent market, 1.5 to 2 million. Yeah, absolutely. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, backup goalies are not easy to find, especially quality ones. And, you know, especially I think in Canada. Was, yeah, especially in Canada. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, nice tilt tonight between Toronto and, uh, boy, that was a great segue because I was just about to go into around the NHL. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, Canadian goalies, tough to find now, except in Winnipeg, who's uh, once again performing as the Jets win tonight, the Avalanche win tonight. So, David, here's how we stand. Jets at 62 points. Avs one point behind. Boy, the Avs are just on fire right now. Um, and the Stars at 57 points. And then when we look at the uh, wild card, there is some space there. So that's good for Stars fans because right now um, the Stars would have to drop uh, 10 points from that last playoff spot. So. They're putting some distance between them and the other teams. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like it's pretty much written in stone. Um, they're going to play either Winnipeg or Colorado in round one of yeah. the 2024 Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> I hope it's the peg. But you know what? If, if they're good enough, then they'll make it. If they're not, then it doesn't matter whether they get exposed in round one or two. Yeah. You so. got to get out of your division. You're absolutely right. Um and yeah, that's a, um, just, I think Colorado's so tough and I just think, you know, matchup wise, I think Winnipeg's a better matchup than Colorado is for the stars. Um, so I, I'm surprised that when the stars have played Winnipeg, that Winnipeg really is allowing the stars defenseman to carry it out of the zone in the games that have been played without any sustained pressure. And, you know, they did a good job getting out of the zone tonight. I didn't think really LA put a lot of pressure on them. So you know, when teams allow those stars defensemen to move, I think that's just makes it much easier on us. By the way, it probably helps that, uh, you know, when Dallas plays Winnipeg, uh, you know, sort of grinders like Mason Appleton are playing more minutes than yes. Ellers, who is like a first line talent. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, no shade to former stars coach, Rick bonus. who's a great guy, of course. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's, it, what, and maybe this will like anger you more, but how are you going to feel if Colorado maybe haven't made a move or two um, also gets back Nachushkin and Landeskog? Yeah. The whole like, you know, cap. Kind yeah. Of yeah. I, I think that the long-term cap situation, I wonder if the NHL will address it, but it certainly is advantageous for, players that are about to be back and they hold him back and say, well, he's not really ready. Tampa did that with Kucherov. Um, 
yeah. So it's just one of those things that you kind of have to, you know, deal with. But that certainly would be a tough first round matchup. Colorado and Dallas and Winnipeg, Dallas would be a tough matchup as well. But I mean, the whole central Arizona is still playing well. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it's a really good division. And yeah, I mean, we kind of knew that going in. So here's how it looks, David. We have uh, a tough one coming up, a tough few games. Philadelphia playing really well. So they face them on Thursday night and then at New Jersey, um, who's been up and down this year. And then at the Islanders, once again, an up and down, down team. And then they finish off the road trip in Detroit, um, who is vastly improved from years past. Uh, so uh, pretty tough uh, four-game swing up uh, east. Uh, like to see them uh, three or four would be a beautiful one. But, uh, you know, just put some uh, points on the board. It, I Probably the toughest game is going to be Philly on Thursday night. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, the, the Flyers are such a fascinating example yep. of of sort of how I, I think kind of coaching and also addition by subtraction can really, again, I want to stress addition by subtraction. And I'm not referencing anybody in the Dallas Stars. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, you know, like you look at some of the players that they got rid of, like Provorov, who was a minute-munching defenseman, but um, just couldn't give them quality minutes. Um, and there's somebody else I, for some reason, I can't remember. Oh, that's right, D'Angelo. Um, and just kind of what that's done um, in terms of just kind of trimming the fat. Um, I, I think that sort of really goes a long way, and they're a good example of, you know, how you can kind of really make the most around the margins. And yeah, no, nobody had the Flyers as like a, you know, quality team this year, but, um, but they look good and, and they have some really good young players. And of course, I think the, I think Drysdale is going to be fantastic for them. I realized that wasn't ideal giving up your fifth overall potential number one center uh, and Cutter Gauthier, Gauthier I, I, can't, I always forget how to pronounce his last name, but um, but yeah, Philly's going to be tough. New Jersey, even, you know, with their leaky goaltending and without Dougie Hamilton, um, it's, it's going to be a, mainly because these are teams that are in the thick of it. And, and that seems to be, uh, better for Dallas than playing teams like Chicago. <laughs> Which, yeah. You know, no, you, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. By the way, uh, one of David's guys, Sean Dursey, right-handed defenseman that we'd all love. Uh, who, by the way, was traded from the L.A. Kings to Arizona for a second-round draft pick, and that has turned out to be a great pickup uh, for Arizona. He's got a goal and an assist tonight. Currently, as we tape this, Calgary and Arizona are in overtime, so the uh, Arizona picks up a nice point tonight, but uh, Dursey with 23 points, and I just do not see Arizona getting rid of both of their right-handed defensemen. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, they were like, you know, one of the, like really one of the rare examples of a team that picked up veterans that were not just veterans for veterans sake. They, you know, yes, sure. Technically they were veteran stop gaps because, you know, they have very temporary contracts, but I mean, I think they were all like really excellent compliments to their, their young players between like Zucker, uh, between bringing Bukestack back. And um, and I really like the Alex Kerfoot side. To me, Alex Kerfoot yep. is like a fixed version, or I should say, a Hot Wheels version of Radic Faxa. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, they yeah, play hard they, too as a team. Yes, yeah, they're um, yeah, man. I I, I don't I I, I kind of root for them, but I, I don't think they're going to make it mainly because 
I think the two teams that are vying for that wild card spot are Nashville, who I think are yep. quite underrated themselves. And my goodness, seem to play Dallas like it is just uh, Last Supper. And then, of course, Edmonton, who I think is absolutely going to – I mean, if anything, one of these like elite teams in the Pacific is going to drop out of that top three, whether it's – I'm going to say it's Vancouver, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's L.A., who I still think is the best team in the Pacific. I know that sounds crazy. I still think they're the best team in the Pacific, and eventually they're going to get Arvidsson back. But um, but one of them is going to fall out of that top three um, because I do think Edmonton is going to find their way into that top three. So that'll really mix things up if <laughs> either Colorado or Winnipeg or even maybe Dallas's first matchup is one of those top four Pacific teams. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You know who I really like from Nashville is Jeremy Lazan, the defenseman. I can't stand him. No, I'm because he hits hard. No, no. <laughs> just like randomly disagree with you. Um, <laughs> why, why I, just, I just think he's a really good, like, you know. I mean, he's twenty six, but I mean, you know, it's the same. So he's not like super young, but I mean, I just love his physicality and just seems like he's really physical against the stars. It's you know, it's uh, again these uh, sort of Boston kind of leftovers. Um, I've been wanting to like poach so many of like Boston's. Um, sort of depth defenders for years, like Matt yeah. Relchick. My goodness, like super underrated defender. Yeah, it, absolutely. So we both agree uh, to wrap things up that this is one of the stars' top wins of the year against a quality opponent. Once again, we'll say that they're coming off a long road trip. This was their final game, but at the same time, you know, some marquee players. Um, you had an all-star goalie in net tonight. So, I mean, a lot of, you know, just a good all-around game. Jake Ottinger played well. So, I mean, for a Stars fan heading into this trip, you got to feel good. And now it's just a chance to, like, continue that momentum. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's looking good. Tough to keep up in the Central Division. But, you know, I'm feeling pretty optimistic tonight. I thought tonight was a, a fun game to watch for that purest hockey fan you know, didn't have like the crazy goals until the third period, but I just felt as though the stars were aggressive. Um, just felt as though they took advantage of the Kings on this long road trip. And, uh, you know, I just thought they played their game and were good in the corners. And I thought, you know, the line changes seemed to work. So, you know, check marks from Gavin Spittle tonight, David. Uh, I, would, I would just co-sign there. Um, I, I think the other thing, too, is that, like, the changes felt sustainable. Like, to me, yes. Wyatt Johnson next to Hanson Robertson feels, like, not just sustainable, but the new top line. Um, but, you know, I, I think there is – I think it's worth asking, right, which is do you really want to win that many more games if it guarantees an easier first-round matchup? And what do you mean by that? Uh, you know, like Colorado separates themselves and, uh, you know, you don't want to like catch Colorado and overtake them. Um, or do you? So you're saying fall back into a wild card and play a. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really know what actually, you know, what am I talking about? Like it's Dallas is the West, the top eight in the West. Yeah. Is so good that no matter who you play, 
it's going to be a nightmare. Steve Levy said something really, and this is why I like Steve Levy. After the game, he he they showed the standings, and he said, he said, I feel of the top seven, you know, one of those teams in the West could go on to win the Stanley Cup, and people wouldn't completely be surprised. And I thought that was interesting. So um, he, his seventh was Edmonton. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I mean, that, that, makes, that makes sense, though. But actually, like, statistically, uh, Don Lustician and The Athletic had a piece uh, just the, uh, just yesterday um, about uh, sort of this being the year in which uh, there's never been more uh, teams with over 5% odds to win the Cup. Uh, because they're just – because parity is just that stacked this year. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it's – I mean – what is it? Yeah, I, I'm like speechless. It's it, it it's it really sets up um, a, a sort of a playoff year to remember because every matchup is going to be two quality teams, not just like some rando like Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> or no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like just yeah. that only has good goaltending and is trying to kind of pry, uh, cage fight their way to victory. Um, no, these are going to all going to be just really fantastic teams. Well, and that's what's interesting. Like, you know, just fast forwarding. It's like, let's say the Stars played Colorado in the first round. Would you be disappointed if they got eliminated? I mean, disappointed, yeah. But, I mean, you wouldn't say, oh, my God, I can't believe this. What about Winnipeg? You'd probably say, oh, my God. You know, I mean, it's not – there's no shocking, like, upsets right now because, you know, top eight are pretty strong right now. So, I mean, that's how strong the West is where, you know, all of these are good teams, you know, it's so it's uh, kind of like, for instance, I don't want to face Nashville. I think Nashville's a bad matchup for the stars team. I think that you're right. I think Nashville's better than people give them credit for. And I think they play a style of game that the stars have trouble with. And we've seen that in the three games they've played. Yeah. And they're also a unique team in terms of like, they, they have some really underrated young talent. Like nobody yeah. talks about, well, except for the uh, prospect nerds at uh, EP ringside where of course Sean Shapiro also, right. <laughs> uh, look, shameless plug for you, Ben. Um, the uh, like, like Parsonen and Evangelista and, yeah. and of course their blue line, even like Sands, Shea Weber and Ekholm and just the tons of other play, uh, defensemen that they've drafted over the years, which by the way, if, if somebody hasn't like poached their defensive scouts, like why hasn't that happened? Yeah. Defensive like, like Anaheim. Team. You just, yeah. 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 I, I totally agree with you. It's amazing. They're like a, they're a production hub for defensemen, um, like Norris trophy candidates, as well as um, Vesna guys. It's, it's truly amazing. So, uh, all right. If you want to support David, which you all should, if you see an article coming out in D magazine and it says David Castillo or it says Robert Tiffin, or it says, uh, Sean Shapiro, just go click, 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 and click it 20 times so we can get that up. But you could also subscribe to his sub stack where he gives you all this analytical information, and really good deep dive on the Dallas stars since, uh, similar to what Sean does. David, you're an absolute beast. Thank you for joining us. Man, I could talk hockey all night with you. You're a blast, and uh, I appreciate it. Um, all of that is untrue, but um, I'll take it anyways. And, uh, <laughs> well, much better than tomorrow's guest as we have the return of Craig Ludwig. So <laughs> I will be beaten up for an hour, 
And um, I will ask Craig questions and he will say that's a dumb question. And that's how the podcast goes. So Craig Ludwig joins us tomorrow. So <laughs> get ready for that. Spits and suds fits. David, one question I'm going to ask Craig. I can't stand the drop back pass on the power play. <laughs> and I know it seems simple, but I just don't see that much more of an advantage of it because these drop pack passes are nearly going back to the goalie now. It's it's definitely, I think, kind of a, um, in some ways, uh, probably a function of how much more dangerous PK units, right? They, you know, they have the whole thing, the power kill. And so I think maybe that's kind of what that is. Um, this is just like theory craft. And, but I think it's kind of a, a sort of almost like a premature um, or preemptive kind of defense um, against teams that um, are, are a little bit more uh, deep, like in terms of, you know, sending that, you know, first four checker on the PK. Uh, I, don't, I don't like it either. I think there are plenty of other ways to enter the zone yeah. um, without <laughs> this kind of odd like passage um almost kind of like an intermission in the play right like if the guy's like a couple yards behind you i get it but I, <laughs> it's just funny because the 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 opposition is just waiting for you and they just stay there it's not like they're like oh boy here he comes well you know in some ways you, you got to wonder and and this is like a really a question for like tactic nerds but you have to wonder at some point um teams are going to maybe pick up on that yes and like start to really kind of exploit it in the same way that you're kind of, in, in the same way that you're seeing the one three one kind of fall out of fashion um you know teams are, are no longer you know stacking their fours in the middle of the ice on the power play you know you're seeing a lot more of the kind of classic spread formation right which even dallas has, has kind of done with the first unit <laughs> at times so yeah, like I'm curious to see how that kind of evolves. And yeah, if if, if I was shorthanded, and if I'm a team and I see that tendency, which almost all teams are doing now, I'm taking my chance and I'm having one guy just regularly set up. And as soon as that defenseman starts coming, I'm going to start cheating into that zone and then do a full sprint after that puck. Uh, I would I would love to see that. And yeah. Anything that introduces more chaos into the game. I'm <laughs> Well, you're a beast, my friend, and can't wait to have you on again soon. Thank you. And as we mentioned on Spits and Suds, if you go in and you like us, thank you so much. If you spread the word, thank you so much. One of the things we would love to see you do is there are many websites out there wherever you can find Spits and Suds. And they said, you know, leave comments and a star rating. So we would appreciate it if you, you know, five star rating and a comment and uh, let us know what you think. And you can always reach me at GJ Spittle. Read a couple of your tweets tonight. And if you want to ask Craig a question, you certainly can. So just tweet me at GJ Spittle and we'll get um, to Craig's questions uh, tomorrow. So for David Castillo, I'm Gavin Spittle. Once again, stars with what we feel is their best complete win of the year, uh, beat the LA Kings by the score of five to one. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.